When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Team Human is a labor of love. You can get the ad-free version as well as access to our live events, Discord server, and monthly Team Human salons by going to teamhuman.fm and clicking on support. You're on Team Human, conscious intervention in the machine, where every artistic expression is a form of human activism and every human action a work of art. My dad has a barn and your mom can sew the curtains, so let's put on a show. I'm Douglas Rushkoff and I'm on Team Human. Playing for Team Human today, from the Center for Artistic Activism, Rebecca Bray and Rachel Gita Karp. We are not the experts. You are the experts, both in your issue and in your culture. What is it that you will want to accomplish? And we'll try to help you. And they said, we're angry. We're so angry. We want to go out and march. And we want to, like, you know, really show how angry we are about this. And so, and we said, well, what is the world that you want to create? Like, is that anger, is that going to help you get to a world that you want? Rebecca and Rachel will show us how to make activist art with and for real communities. It's time to intervene on behalf of people and all living things. I'm Douglas Rushkoff, and you're on Team Human. Thanks for being on Team Human. I'm a true fan of the Center for Artistic Activism. That's C4AA.org on the interwebs. I'm actually such a fan that I became a member of of their board of advisors a few years ago and try to support their work, even a fraction of how much their work inspires and supports me. The Center for Artistic Activism helps people use their creativity and culture to affect power. They're kind of like artists without borders going to different places around the world where people need help finding or making their voices heard. Their work involves surprise, humor, and real activist strategy to make incremental or even dramatic change where it has seemed utterly impossible before. I'm in a pretty intense moment of transition in my own journey from art to polemics to activism and back again, as if these are different poles or modes competing for my time and energy. But the artist activists at C4AA have a holistic, oh God, I hate that word, um, an integrative approach to life and work. And it really just obviates these, these arbitrary distinctions that people like me tend to make. So it's my pleasure to bring to you and to me two of the Center for Artistic Activism's primary facilitators, Rebecca Bray and Rachel Gita Karp. Rachel, Rebecca. Hi. 
Hi. Hi. This is such a crazy moment. And moments like these sometimes make me question what I've been doing with my life and whether I've sometimes maybe done more harm than good. Hmm. So Center for Artistic Activism mm-hmm. is you people have realized like kind of the dream for artistic activists. Mm-hmm. The thing that we thought about when we were juniors in college, what about everybody get together? My mom can sew the curtains. <laughs> my dad's got a barn. And not only do artistic activism, but spawn artistic mm. activists mm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I love that you said junior year in college because <laughs> When I was a junior at Bard in 96, I read Media Virus. <laughs> and it totally changed my I was a I was a sociology major and I loved it so much because I did see what you were talking about in terms of popular culture being a possible vehicle for subversive progressive ideas and I, from there, went into becoming a web designer because I thought that um, the internet in the late 90s felt like a medium for revolution and for artists and for questioning everything. And it was really exciting at that time. And I probably would say it differently now, although, I mean, there's a lot that's happened. But there is some kernels there that have followed all the way across from media virus. I mean, what you were talking about in terms of using pop culture and humor and surprise to change Mm -hmm. things, to engage people, to get people out of the ruts of the ways that they're thinking, that's stuff that we talk about all the time at the Center for Artistic Activism when Mm -hmm. we're training people and training people who are working on social and environmental justice, and they're trying to get out of the ruts of how you traditionally do activism. And so we talk about this t- surprise, pop culture, humor, spectacle, all of these magical powers that we don't always think to deploy um, mm-hmm. when you have the very serious matter of social yeah. change, right? And you have really serious and dire things that are happening. Yeah, yeah. but the only way we're going to solve any of them is if we can keep going and keep working on it. And the only way we can do that is if we find that joy is if we connect with our whole selves, which includes all of our unique cultures. And by weaving all of that together, you know, we hear from people we work with that like, this was the first election cycle where I didn't burn out because I was just really connecting with my community. And I was um, really celebrated by everyone I was working with, including, you know, the people at the Center for Artistic Activism. And so we want to we want to give people that. Well, then that said, brings up a whole other set of questions for me, which is what, because here at Queens College, in theory, I'm training, training is such a strange word for it, <laughs> but, but trying to inspire and inform tactical media makers. Mm-hmm. And one of the tricks with tactical media, particularly if you're doing tactical media in and with a community, is how does it not be like when you went to South Africa mm-hmm. and worked with sex workers? Mm-hmm. How do you make it not the wealthy, white, educated people going into the community of the poor black people and teaching them Baudrillard or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, or Deborg or whatever? How do you break through that that first layer of Mm -hmm. economic and cultural kind of difference? When we went to South Africa, for example, we've been to South Africa a number of times. And when we go, we say the first thing we say to the group of people is, we are not the experts, you are the experts on the issue that you're working on and the culture that you're operating within, which are the essential parts. We're only here to ask some questions and to share some things that we've seen work for other people all over the world. And so what we do is we provide a kind of framework and a set of questions and prompts, Mm -hmm. but really the expertise on the issue and the culture and creativity come from the people who are doing the work, of course. So the finished work that they did, I forgot, there was like a giant meeting and they wore what happened what was the the 
the action finally? So in that case, so this was, we were working with a group of activists around sex work, right? And so in South Africa at the time, there was a tremendous amount of violence towards women in general and especially towards sex workers. And so they really felt an urgency that they needed to get visibility for sex workers in a place and a time where there was so much stigma even around talking about sex workers. And so in 2016, the International AIDS Conference was going to be held in South Africa for the first time. And the sex worker activists said, we need to get the mention of sex work like on the stage because this is some this whole group of people is being ignored and they're on the front lines of AIDS prevention and awareness. And they really are such important allies in fighting against AIDS and HIV. And so how do we get people on stage to mention this where it's like never before in an international AIDS conference would people say the word sex work, right? And so you have a huge auditorium in a situation like that. There were like 30,000 people in this enormous room. There's a stage. There's like celebrities. Charlize Theron is Mm -hmm. up there. And like international celebrities are up there talking about the need to um, be advocates for on this issue. And so some of our colleagues, so they decided, how do we get somebody to mention this on stage, but we also don't want to do the typical thing that often happens in a conference, which is somebody with a bullhorn gets and runs up on stage and starts yelling at the person who's up there and makes them feel shame. Right, until they get dragged off. And by they get, right, and then they immediately get dragged off. <laughs> right. And then everybody's like, ugh, again, right. there's yeah. a protester. Yeah, it happens expected, all the time. Yeah. Everybody expects it. It's like the it. congressional hearings is always that <laughs> yes. kind of thing, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And everybody's like, ugh. And, and then they, of course, never listen to what the protester is actually right. saying. And they, the audience ends up feeling sympathy for the p- person who's speaking and they're like, poor, that poor person was interrupted. Right. Like, so, like Taylor Swift getting robbed of her <laughs> moment. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. And then the outrage that comes yeah. from that, right? And so what they did and what our colleagues did instead is they created a clock um, is a big digital clock that could be big enough to be seen from the stage, but on this board that you could carry around the whole auditorium. And it said, you've been speaking for X minutes, right? The clock was going without mentioning sex work. So this was this huge sign that you could carry around over your shoulders around this auditorium of 30,000 people. And so when the conference started and the speakers started coming out, they carried around the sign and everyone in the audience started noticing this weird sign and saw what it said. And so the audience started to, it was almost like a game. They started to anticipate what's going to happen. Yeah. So much dramatic tension. So much dramatic yeah. tension, right? It's so good. <laughs> and then um, I think it was the third speaker mm. or something was this mm. woman who came out. They found out afterwards that she was behind the scenes scribbling on her um, on her yeah. script. But she People came were out. frantically rewriting. They were yeah. <laughs> she came out and she mention sex workers and the audience broke out in this tremendous applause that lasted for 30 seconds this whole 30,000 people were so excited and then our colleagues with the sign were running around everybody's cheering they were in on this game Mm -hmm. and it also became a celebration of the people on stage Mm -hmm. so it flipped the script in terms of shaming people but it was like faming them is what we talk about right of like celebrating and so imagine doing that with politicians with people we want to convince is how do you find ways to actually bring them into the conversation as opposed to pushing them away But the idea itself then, I mean, and I know this is some secret sauce that you might want to not want to reveal, but how, so you go there and who thunk it up? Did Mm -hmm. they think it up? Did Steve think it up? Mm, Together. So, oh, so we have a whole process. We do have a whole methodology that we will share with your listeners. (laughs) All right. But are they allowed to share it with their friends and so on? Okay. So this is all open open source. It's all open source. (laughs) We need everyone to use these ideas. We do. Yeah. Go around with the listener a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about some of what we... Sure. I mean, we sometimes start really big with what's the utopia we're trying to build because we can get so mired in the individual sort of banalities of issues and it's really useful to remember why we're really doing this and what we're really fighting for and that's also what's going to motivate people more than like I want this very specific referendum that's on the ballot in this tiny place in Texas to pass you know but if we're building this better world let's see that clearly and be able to articulate that and then we get super specific on the objective the concrete 
thing we're trying to achieve. And so I think with the sex worker example, it was boiled down to like, we just want every speaker on stage to mention sex work if they're talking about something related to sex work. And that's like a tangible thing. Like that's like a bite-sized chunk of this much bigger world they're trying to build. And then you try to come up with, once you're really clear on that, you're focusing on, then you start with impossible seeming ideas. And so you don't let yourself think of the things you've done before, like the rushing the stage or whatever the typical thing might be. Like with voting, it's a lot of phone banking, text banking, door knocking, all really important things, but we're looking at them, we're trying to find the more creative way. So for example, with the group that was working on sex work, we did this exercise of saying, what are impossible things that you might want to do? And so they started listing them and one of them said, uh, we want to meet Elton John. And some of, <laughs> yeah. some of our team said, um, is that relevant to this? Like, are you just you're just a yeah. fan? And they said, no, you know, huge funder and proponent of, um, he funds research on HIV AIDS mm. and he's an important player in this. And we want him to recognize our group and to work with us. And so our team said, oh, well, maybe we can do that. Let's find a yeah. way to meet Elton John. And what they did is they um, decided to make an award for him. And so then they contacted his people and say, hey, we have this amazing award. They actually constructed a beautiful looking award mm-hmm. with a plaque and everything. And it said, we're giving you this award. They didn't tell him it was made up right. just for him, obviously. And so he happened to be in town and met them and sang a song with them and talked to them and everything. And it was it seemed like a totally right. impossible thing. And yet when you open up that door yeah. to people and say, let's make a list of all the impossible things first, then it just creates these possibilities which is wonderful. I guess one of the wishes was that every speaker on the stage will mention this Mm -hmm. thing. Yes, yes. and Right, and that seemed impossible at some point. But then they did it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it probably starts out, oh, we'll put, what if we can get a giant sign in the back of the auditorium that says how long they've spoken? It's like, okay, we can't do that. Right. What can we do? Oh, mm-hmm. someone can hold it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And creating that space for that kind of creative collaboration mm-hmm. among a group of people is also so critical and sometimes hard when you have a group of activists or advocates who are sitting around a table and used to just being in a mode of like, we're fighting against such huge problems and issues. And so we can't possibly let creativity yeah. into this space. So a lot of it is creating mm-hmm. the space and actually yeah. allowing the fun and the yeah. joy into the work. Right. You know, and it becomes a little bit like artists without borders. So mm. that you're kind of like almost tech support for <laughs> activists. Yes. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily know oh, we could build something with a digital clock on it. We right. can put Bluetooth on it and have mm-hmm. it da-da-da. We can, yeah. and that's when, you know, you bring, you right. know, whatever we want to call it, you know, Western expertise to whatever situation is going on. Well, I mean, one thing we do say also is that you don't have to wait for artists with a capital A, you know, yeah. that all of us have this creativity. If you are someone who likes to throw a dinner party you already have a sense for how to invite people in, feed them, yeah. but also have a great conversation, let people meet each other. These are really good skills for if you right. want to engage people and in something how to meaningful. Gatekeep, you know, to, yeah, which is not inviting? necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. all sure. the time. 
much. Who's sure. going to contribute and who's going to be a friggin' stick in the mud? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So all of those skills are things that we say everybody has and let's have, find ways to cultivate them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it might yeah. as well be us cultivating them rather than, you know, this is dates me, but like Tupperware. Right. Yeah. Tupperware realized, oh, everyone knows how to throw a party. Everyone knows how to exert peer pressure. Let's mm-hmm. use it to sell Tupperware. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think really what we're trying to do when we're engaging people in social change is we're trying to have meaningful conversations that move them to take action. Right. In order to do that, you can't just hand them fact sheets. It's also about really connecting with their emotions and how they feel and the stories that resonate with them. And then having something really clear clear they can do to get involved. And that all involves conversation and really intimate back and forth, as well as creativity in terms of like welcoming them into Mm -hmm. a space. And how do you or do you distinguish between causes that you agree with enough to want to apply your methodology and ones that don't? So I had a student go through my propaganda class Mm -hmm. and they have to do um, at the end, either real or tongue-in-cheek propaganda campaigns for things. So you can do an evil one if you want. Yeah. But this one kid did one against um, bail reform, mm-hmm. right? And he did these commercials, you know, saying, you want that guy to get out? You know, you know, you did the crime, you do the time. Yeah. And, you know, racist, scary stuff. Wow. You know, you want these people coming out of there, you know, yeah. before they're... Mm. Um, and I say, I had to grade him on the quality of the work because yeah, yeah, it's a glass sure. of me and try to take him aside and go, dude, yeah. read, read this article or read yeah. that. I mean, if there was somebody from a bad thing, have they ever come to you? No. And we wouldn't do <laughs> a it. A bad thing. <laughs> right. Right. No, we, we wouldn't do it. We are selective about who we help. And it really, it, I mean, one thing that we've done is in the past few years, we've been working on freedom to vote in the U.S. because mm-hmm. we've seen what an enormously important issue it is that everyone who wants to vote can vote. Right. And there's so much that's happening. In a, in a, we're nonpartisan. You know, yeah. it is really about anyone should be able to vote. But there's been so much pressure, especially on people who are marginalized and ways that their vote has been taken away from them. Right. And so that's an issue that we're working on in a totally nonpartisan way. But yeah. it's like and so we're helping all kinds of people all across the U.S. to do that work. Um, and to, again, find their creativity and yeah. how they do that. And like, for example, just thinking about it's not always about bringing artists in. It's also about right. finding your own creativity. And I know that, we, yeah, we've yeah, worked I mean, with. There are so many people who work at voting organizations who may have done art in some way in their past or just like Rebecca was saying, like have some creative ideas and sparks inside them. And we are like, they're there. Like you just just feed them mm-hmm. and um, you'll and see how much. strategically, exactly, right? Yeah. I know that. We've worked a bunch in Georgia mm-hmm. um, with Fair Count yeah. and other organizations. And I know that there, they were really looking at how do we mobilize people all over the state mm. and think about our audiences in different ways. And I know there's one fellow that we worked yeah. with. Yeah. So the per- one of the people who runs Fair Count, like, is an amazing person who did study theater, but now is like very full on into voting. And um, Janine Abrams, yes, McLean is her name. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so she's been really excited about what we do. And we worked with their volunteer coordinator at the time, Aileen Loy. And we also sometimes, to get really specific about audiences, we ask the people we're working with, "What do you want your audience to think, feel, and do based on your actions?" Because People usually get some of those in their head, but they don't always think about all of them and like the emotional sort of impact that art brings. And Aileen knew that people in Georgia were so disillusioned with politics as they are in so many places, but especially in Georgia, which is sort of relentlessly targeted for various things. And so Aileen wanted to replace all of that apathy and disgust with surprise and delight and wonder. And so she flew these giant whale kites in the sky all over Georgia at all of these events that Fair Count ran. And I don't think that's necessarily art, you know, but it's creative. It's totally unexpected. And it created a real impact in the people who saw it because it was surprising and people had to ask what was going on. And then they had to ask her what was going on. And it's so hard to get anyone to talk to you about your issue <laughs> if you're on the street or you're at an event. But these ha- these were people coming to her and being like, what is this? Why is there a whale? And Aileen would like, draw it back to it's to it's about voting it's because we all count she named it wiley the whale like w-h-y because it it was supposed to be this like disjunctive thing and so that's the kind of thing that we can find in people and bring out and want people to see as a different path forward 
I mean, the trick is the surprise mm -hmm. part. I mean, which is both, it's hard to surprise people these days because <laughs> we're being surprised every moment. And it feels to me like, like surprise has become the instrument of the mm. other team. Mm. Yes. You know, it was it who was it? Are you serious of Mondo 2000 when he was on years ago? He goes, Dougie, I'm afraid that Operation Mindfuck may have worked a little yeah. too well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that Operation Mindfuck, you know, was the original fake news of Paul Krasner and Abby Hoffman and let's raise the mm -hmm. Pentagon and prank yeah. this society. Yeah. Right. And now the pranksters are the right, whether mm -hmm. they admit it or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I mean, the fascists were pranksters too. I didn't realize until I look back now how tongue in cheek so much fascism was mm -hmm. in those early mm -hmm. days. That's how wow, they yeah. get away with it, right? You know, it's and and the the humor. I mean, sick humor in even Nazi propaganda and posters. Mm -hmm. It was all. <laughs> mm -hmm. If we're living in a fearful, destabilized society. I almost feel like the role of the the humanist artist mm. is to create maybe surprisingly stabilizing, surprisingly yeah. comforting orientation. Yeah. Well, right. And also deeply connected, like personally connected, because the effect of some of the surprise that you're talking about can be to make people feel alienated, right? And disconnected and afraid. But some of the work that we've seen work really well is about creating more connection through mm -hmm. surprise, right? Like welcoming people into a space, using surprise as a way to make them pay attention to something new, but then quickly welcome them into some kind of deep conversation that's meaningful, that resonates with them, because that's what's key. And I do think, you know, right now, there we have these moments when the kinds of personal conversations are really where the movement happens. If you have a dinner party, there's maybe more that you can get done in moving a group of people towards action than a thousand tweets could, right? And it's those kinds of personal relationships or being on the street and having a real conversation mm -hmm. with someone feels like it's it's key if we're going to move forward on a lot of these issues. Right. When they become, yeah. I mean, when I look at a lot of your actions, they become, well, and mm -hmm. actions you've inspired, they open out into a, almost a a party-like atmosphere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking about, you know, and, and he was on years ago, the capitalism yes. game, right. game show. Right. It's a whole town comes together mm -hmm. outside in a big parking lot or in yes. an old, you know, uh, yes. drive-in theater. And they're playing this game. The political part is almost secondary to mm -hmm. we're all coming together yeah, to right. have this discussion. Exactly. Or even a yes many thing. You know, mm -hmm. you can you can criticize it on the level of it's destabilizing. Oh, is mm. DuPont really going right. to give back the money for yeah. the Rayovac battery, you know, whatever mm. that, that nightmare in Bhopal was. Mm -hmm. But the after it, even though it's disappointing, it's like, wow, would that that were so. And it yes. opens up this community yes. discussion of what if they did? Right. right. And also the newspaper, you yeah. know, the... They did that. I have it here. Oh, okay. the, 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 the future New York Times. Yeah, yeah. the future so, New York Times where yeah. it's like everything is like war is over. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they so, declared, oh, it's over there. Yeah, the end of war, it's like all war is over all of a sudden. It's yeah. like... Yeah. Maybe we can describe it. So yeah. this was um, 2008 mm -hmm. and it was the Yes Men and one of our founders, Steve Lambert and some other people made this newspaper that looked like the New York Times. Exactly um, like, like it. Exactly like yeah. it. But all the news was amazingly good. So yeah. it did say, you know, war, the war ends. Um, all of the, not only were the articles amazingly oh, uh, great. Yeah. yeah. I happen to have it right here. Here it is. It's Iraq right here. war ends. <laughs> Iraq war ends. And so the date is Saturday, July 4th, 2009. And this came out and came out went out on the streets of New York. I think 80,000 copies were handed out a few days before the date on the actual newspaper. So this is like the possible future a yeah. week from now if everything changed. So there's like nationalized oil to fund climate change efforts is yeah. one of the articles. And I think it just also talked about like canceling student debt and raising wages and it was really about, you know, like there was so much hope and change with Obama being elected. And if we really do these things, then in nine months, we can have this be the real copy of the New York Times. Yeah. 
Yeah. So talk about the powers of utopia, right? And the powers of imagining because, and what's nice about this is that it's not just a headline, they're full articles. And so you actually dig into the details of how this could happen. What are the mechanics of it, which Mm. is just so inspiring. And we've seen people use that kind of utopia in different Mm. ways. We've worked in North Macedonia a lot in the Balkans. So this is a former Yugoslav Republic and long history of corruption and nationalist government. And so we first worked there in 2016. And when we got there, we were working with a group of LGBTQIA young people, and they had a center in the middle of the capital that had just been attacked a couple of weeks before. People had broken the windows and nobody was hurt. But this group of people we were working with, was um, they were really afraid and really angry. And so when we went there and said, what do you want to do? You know, like, again, we are not the experts. You are the experts, both in your issue and in your culture. What is it that you will want to accomplish? And we'll try to help you. And they said, we're angry. We're so angry. We want to go out and march. And we want to, like, you know, really show how angry we are about this. And so, and we said, well, what is the world that you want to create? Like, is that anger, is that going to help you get to a world that you want? And they said, no, actually, if we're really imagining what we want to achieve in the long term, it really is having a different kind of country because this country has so much that's Mm -hmm. wrong with it. And so, and so we said, well, what if maybe you could do that? And one thing that we do and when we have a week-long training is in the last day, we actually have people do a public action out in the world in the last 24 hours. They have to come up with it and make it and actually put it out in the world in 24 hours, which is a great way just to have people be less precious about mm-hmm. the ideas, which is another thing that we talk about. We talk about using creativity. We're also using things from game design and tech design, you know, user testing, prototyping, yeah. iterations. And so you get it out in the world as quickly as you can and see what the feedback is. And so this group went to the biggest public park in the capital and they created another country. They had a border, a very loose border border guards and they had passports that they handed out to every person and it was for the future republic of the new republic of north macedonia i think or something like that and in the passport there was on the gender there was a kind of grid and you would fill it out in pencil so that you could change it later (laughs) there everybody was very friendly and there were gay and lesbian people in this country you know in this safe space And it was really a celebration of all kinds Mm -hmm. of people. And they said, you know, if we had done a march and we had yelled at people, we would have been like six people in the middle of the street and nobody would have paid attention to us. But when we did this celebration in the park, 200 people came into this country and took passports and talked to them. Well, now they have artifacts that then they're going to have on their coffee table in their apartment at home. Another person's going to see it. It becomes this word of mouth, mimetic transmission thing. Yes, exactly. Right. But it's friendly. It's friendly. Right? It's right. friendly. The whole thing is is both surprising and friendly and right. opening and engendering of um not to get new agey, but engendering <laughs> of heart along yeah. with mind. Yes. Right? Which is such so important. So, you know, today I'm just looking at my uh text messages and someone sent me a uh, picture from George Washington University today mm-hmm. where someone's using a technique very much like what I did back in the 80s. They took a, a, probably not a slide projector, but a video projector, and they projected on the side of this yeah. giant building. Uh-huh. It says, glory to the martyrs. Hmm. Yeah. In reference to the Hamas paragliders. Or I guess some of them maybe died as they, you know, they were okay. probably shot too as things happen. And I'm thinking, wow, mm. um, the forms of activism that use some of the tools and anti-establishment, anti-institutional brilliance mm-hmm. of the kind of work that you do, but inflected in this sort of proto-violent way, mm. in this way that's got certainty. It, there's something else going on. And what, what I'm trying to figure out is how do we as you know, tactical and artistic media educators and leaders, Mm. if you will, facilitators, Mm -hmm. how do we help engender, how do we call that to account? What's our obligation, if any, as as people who've proselytized Mm. many of these techniques, when we see the techniques being used Mm -hmm. in that more brittle way? Yeah. One thing that we 
do is when we ask people what they want to achieve and we're trying to guide them and help them is that, first of all, we talk about the ethics of what you're trying to achieve. But also one thing that's really key is in, in the middle of it, we really focus on who are you speaking to? And as Rachel was saying, what do you want them to think and feel and do? And when you really dive into who you want to speak to and think about them with empathy and with compassion and as if you know them and they're your best friend and you want to move them, then if people really go to that place of considering who they want to reach and what they want them to move towards, it actually changes the tenor of Mm. how they're approaching them. And it becomes less brittle because it becomes more of a conversation and more of a compassionate um, question of changing minds and hearts. But what if I answer, you know, I want to frighten Zionists Mm -hmm. and I want them to realize they are not safe or I want to make MAGA people sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I'm mad. I'm mad. They took away, they took away these women's right to abortion. I want them to pay. Then I would say, well, then what? Okay, let's let's say you succeeded and then they were sad. Then they'll 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so what we will do this exercise with saying and then what and yeah. then what and then what and we'll say even like we've time traveled into the future and you've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do? And we describe this world that's created because they succeeded and now what? Mm-hmm. And actually going down that pathway of now what is really helpful because so many of us who are activists don't actually think about what would happen if we win. Yeah. And so if you think about what would happen if you win and then you won again and won again, then you start to get to a world, hopefully, that you want to see. And that world tends to be one that does isn't about trying to just make other people mad <laughs> because that usually doesn't lead to much. Well, then the biggest question for me becomes, well, then how do we dismantle global capitalism? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. That's your utopia. (laughs) You might want to figure out how to phrase it in the positive. Like, what are you trying to build instead? How do I engender community anarchic network sharing stuff? That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So we break that down into smaller (laughs) objectives and we get started. Mm -hmm. But that's like a more beautiful, uh, inclusive way to put it. I can see people... The first way you said it being like, okay, like that's what our whole world is based on. Right. But when you're like, okay, we're engendering some other community, I'm like, okay, tell me more. Right. right. And then the ones, right. So what I got down to and what I was thinking to title my next book, if I do another <laughs> book, because nobody reads them, what's the point? <laughs> um, they read book titles though, so that helps. Oh, yeah. So that book is really just the medium through which the title is transmitted. <laughs> um, that's uh-huh. what I've realized. Uh-huh. But like Team Human, that's uh-huh. fine. It was enough. It was enough. It's fine. They see the cover. Um, I was thinking to call it borrow a drill. And the idea is, you know, you don't, you need a drill. You don't, I, yes. I say this on my show, you don't yeah. just go to Home Depot and right. buy one. You knock on the neighbor's yes. door. And that, Lo- I mean, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, local economies. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, we would, if we're working on, with you on this campaign, we would say, what can we accomplish in the next three months that is going to yeah. help lead towards that thing? And maybe it's to start a tool share in your neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Right. And that is one thing. And then you go to the next step because I think one of the problems is that we all get way too big and say we have to dismantle mm-hmm. global capitalism right now. And so you get a little stuck well, when you start to funny, think about it. Because you end up trying to operate at the scale of capitalism, yes. which is the problem to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Exactly. We take it on their terms. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Which is why, you know, it's so much, you know, I was just reading Tyson Young Caporta, mm. you know, the um, he's a Aboriginal Australian writing about stuff. And he's, yeah. he says all the stories, you know, the sort of stories and social change stories, um, they're all embedded in place. Mm. And for him, if it's not embedded in place, if it becomes sort of abstracted, universal, it's it's useless. Yeah. Oh, it, yes. You know, absolutely. That's the thing is that something that works in one culture yeah. and place and time is not going to work in another. Um, that's one thing when we tell people these examples, yeah. like the example from North Macedonia or in South Africa, we say, this isn't going to work in your culture and time. Like the reason why the thing worked with the clock was because like that was this conference setting, which is so unlike real life. Like it's a particular place mm-hmm. and time. And it was a particular so, conference where particular yeah. people were not talking about a particular thing right. and we yeah, knew yeah, they yeah. weren't going to. Yes. Right. And so it's not about rep- Replicating ideas, it really is about 
creativity yeah. at its at its I best. Know, which but that's is, what Bezos and Teal hate, yeah. right? Because it's not replicable, scalable, mm, yes, right, right. That's how you fight global capitalism. Right. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is though. It is with local yeah. opposite of capitalism. Right. Something that is very specific <laughs> and very of the moment. It's actually right. about mm-hmm. being about now and not about trying to predict what's going to happen, but really being responsive. Yeah. I mean, that's why the the work, so much of the work you do, it's always surprisingly painstaking. Mm. Well, the newspaper, Mm. they make real fucking newspapers that look like there's something, you touch them. Or the capitalism, a love story, whatever that was. Capitalism works for me, yes, no. Yeah, capitalism works for me, yes or no. Mm -hmm. Um, There was all these questions. It was a giant sign Mm -hmm. that looked like an old 1950s movie. It's tactile. It, It doesn't have to cost a lot or take a lot of time. Another one of the examples that we talk about is a group of artists. It was actually also in North Macedonia, but they Coincidentally. were asked, <laughs> yeah. I know, they were artists and they were asked to go into the countryside and bring contemporary art to people. And when they got there, the people were like, we don't need your art. Why do we need art? Our, our city is falling apart. We can't even drive down the road because the potholes and all our politicians are corrupt. So it doesn't matter if we protest this. And so the artists were like, "How do maybe we can bring some perspective to this. So they started throwing birthday parties for potholes, like, this pothole's two years old. Let's bring some balloons and a cake. And then they had fishing contests in some of the potholes, and they brought real fish, and they pulled them out. And it brought so much attention, and everybody in the town would show up to this party, and actually all the potholes were fixed. And, the, <laughs> and mayors in other towns started calling up these artists and saying, are you going to come to my town? Because please don't. I don't want the media attention. I will fix the pothole before you get here. <gasps> and so it absolutely worked. And it cost it cost as much as a birthday cake from a grocery store. You know, it really can be that simple. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess part, so much of it has to do with not taking the anger out of our work because you could still yeah. be motivated by anger, yeah, but there's that twist of the knife mm. that, I mean, especially for those of us who are angry about something, who've been mm. thrown downstairs or whatever for being too queer or too this or too mm. that. You want to then, when you finally have your art, you want to, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and I had that urge once. I'm glad it didn't happen. Mm. There was these giant European brands were mm. doing, they were hiring people they thought of as cool and lefty to do shows. They Each person was going to get an individual space in this expensive gallery to do an artistic thought thinking on brands and branding, right? Mm-hmm. And somehow to justify, it was like Philips and Volkswagen yeah. and all those brands. Yeah. And so I pitched, they said, do whatever you want, free reign, whatever. And we each get $10,000 wow. and you get to fly yeah. out there oh boy. and do it. Yeah. So I wanted to do was you invite anyone who wants to, will be paid $100 and they pick one of these corporate brands and get physically branded. Oh my with God. With a tiny physical yeah. brand. Wow. And just to see, it would be there and probably really poor people off the street might come and get yeah. branded. Mm. As a way of saying, mm, this is your fucking brand. Fuck you. Yeah. And they just looked at that and they were like, thank you, no thank you. <laughs> you know, stay in America, leave yeah. us alone. Yeah. Um, which maybe was enough. The, the project mm. as a thought experiment was enough to freak out 20 people yeah. and good enough. But it would have been now in my team human adult guys. I realized where that would have been, even though v- provocative and wonderful. Yeah. It's like that guy that shot himself or something. Mm. You know, there was, who yeah. was that artist guy? And remember, he was. I love him. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I always forget his name. I feel like it's Charles Blank or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. And he had this thing shoot where he got shot. Yeah. yeah. Where he shot himself. Yeah. I guess I feel like the world has become too violent a place mm. for yeah, that I mean, kind of work. That was many decades ago. So it yeah. maybe had a different resonance then but mm-hmm. yeah it's like early fox era you know it mm-hmm. was like yeah and it's just gotten so frenetic yes i mean do you find it's it's led you to enter into things differently or have you always pretty much or a little cautiously or um, gently or yeah i think my background's in theater and when i was younger i was all about like using theater to understand and explore violence yeah with like more realistic portrayals of that violence and now it's like we see that everywhere (laughs) we Mm -hmm. are thinking about that all the time and instead how about we like use this amazing event where people come together 
and they'll never be together in this way again and create something that feels like the opposite of violence. Even if we're talking about really hard things, like what can we do together to try to address problems with like sex education or abortion access or gun culture in this country? There's just like a much warmer approach to that. I think it comes with age and maturity as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a punk thing that mm-hmm. we all go yes. through. Oh, yes. I don't, I don't know if go through it, you're putting it in the past tense, but like I'm still going through the punk thing. But I think that there is a side to punk even that is questioning and making sure that you're fiercely not backing off from the hard questions, but it doesn't mean that it has to be violent. Right, right. But if you don't, I mean, a lot of our punk brethren, I mean, just from the 80s, got pulled into the Nazi skinheads, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and it's yeah. because they weren't continue. Punk really, for me, was a way to become softer, not harder, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, even the right. piercing, the whole thing yeah. was like the-, yeah, the Vulnerability the, and questioning everything and- and, and that is that. really soft. It's yes. the refusal to do that. It's once you get into that place of certainty, oh, we're right. right. We're mm. right. 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 And actually, mm. that's a beautiful thing, right? Like maybe that is one of the ways that we fight against global capitalism is that is to be okay with the uncertainty and the gray areas in mm-hmm. between. And it's not about who's winning or losing or right or wrong, but how do we exist together in these strange areas of not knowing, of not being mm-hmm. sure but how do we share space and like even make action from that? I mean, you don't want to get bogged down in uncertainty, but I think that there is room for, we all have different ways of approaching things. And that's where it's like, what is your own creativity? What does your own voice say? What is, where are you coming from in your own culture? And how do you put that into social change? Right. And it's like very particular. It's very personal. It's not one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sometimes talk about how people are smart and reasonable and it can be so hard to remember that when we're <laughs> when the divisions feel so stark mm. but everyone's acting for some reason that they think is good for them and for the people that they love and so how can we find the connections because we all want that basic safety freedom mm. and connect over those things and move forward right and finding the connection. It's the opposite of how do we find the difference? Mm-hmm. How do we find the the conflict? Yeah. How do we find yeah. the the edge? Yes. You know? When thinking about the punk rock, one of um the people that we work with, she's in Texas and she was, you know, dealing with with a situation in Texas where many people felt really disenfranchised from voting and afraid. And, you know, especially people who are queer and who are not white and who don't feel like they have a lot of safe spaces. And so she created these events. Her organization is called Democracy Sexy. And but she created. Yeah, which is about making democracy sexy. So more people will do it. Yeah. Which I love. And, I like it, so people will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or make sex democratic while you're at it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> And she made a series of events called Texorcisms. And so it's like exorcisms and so bringing people together and like digging into the kind of the dark stuff too, like allowing space for the darkness to come into these conversations and acknowledging how hard it is to just exist Mm. in this weird political space Mm. and inviting people in and, and then but to talk about voting. And actually the intention there, again, it was strategic also in terms of getting all of those people to register to vote and making them feel like, oh, I should vote and I should get my friends to vote. And this is actually important and relevant to me. But it was in this lovely and interesting kind of warm space that she invited people yeah. into. Mm. You're right. I mean, this whole, my whole thing of since Team Human has always been about how do we embrace the ambiguity, the mm-hmm. ambivalence. Mm-hmm. That yeah. That's what humans do. But yeah. machines can't. But capitalism can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Is sustain ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Just and which is delicious. Yeah. In the end. It's sexy, right? Yeah. That's a sexy form of democracy. Before you mm-hmm. hit the lever, let's just yeah. keep it. Yeah. Foreplay of it. Uh-huh. I know, which is yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It should be good, not bad. But right. boy, we experience it, I guess because it takes time or energy or thought. Yeah. You know, we experience right. it as displeasure. Yes. Yes. You know, but art, hey, mm. art that's you know what I like David Lynch more than an Avengers movie, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's yeah. like what did that mean? I yeah. don't know. Wasn't it's it great? Much sexier, <laughs> much sexier stuff for sure. What just happened, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Well, thank you. Thanks so Thanks. much for what you do for being on Team Human for the Center for Artistic Activism. Two things. What's the best way for people to get 
stuff from us. and stuff sure. from you. And what's the best way for people to give mm. um, support to you? Mm. How Wait. do they get knowledge from so us? So we have a ton of free resources available on our website, which is our acronym C4AA, like the letter C, the number four, and then the letter A, the letter A.org. And we also have a book called The Art of Activism, Your All-Purpose Guide to Making the Impossible Possible, and a workbook that you can use with that. We also have a brand new creative campaign toolkit, especially for people working in civic engagement. So if you have an election project you're working on coming up, you can get that at c4a.org slash kit. KIT. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and all of our stuff really is open source mm-hmm. because we are all about sharing all these things we've learned. We do a lot of research on what works in activism. You know, what are some great stories out there that people can learn from? So, we love to share, and people can contact us through our website or sign up for our newsletter. And that's a great way to just find out mm-hmm. about opportunities and things that we have coming up. And then people can support us by joining our newsletter mm-hmm. because there are wonderful ways that um, people can participate and people can donate. We are a nonprofit as well. So all that kind of support is really useful. Right. And especially if they work for companies, there's matching grants. <laughs> yes, so you sure. donate, but then you write down what it is and you go to the office at Bloomberg or whatever yes. place you're working and they'll give the same amount again. So do that. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. You, most of you who have jobs have walking matching grants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and do so do that. Double your double your fun. Thank you for being Thank on you. Team Human. <laughs> and thank you for being on Team Human. You can find out more about the Center for Artistic Activism by going to c4aa.org or getting their new book, The Art of Activism. You can also find all these links by going to teamhuman.fm or looking in the show notes. And while you're there, consider supporting this show, which will get you our ad-free team feed as well as access to our Discord, salons, and live events. Team Human is produced by Joshua Chapdelin and edited by Luke Robert Mason. I'm Douglas Rushkoff, and you've been on Team Human, our last best hope for peeps. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 